Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast, Lisa. Hello, George. Thank you very much for having me. This is really exciting to meet a German who has a similar energy level to me. Oh. It's not the most common thing in the world. Yes, so, that's true. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you very much for this compliment because I actually really enjoy that. I always felt a little bit um, uh, at the in the wrong place, kind of, because uh, this energy level, as you say, is not very typical for us Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So my name is Lisa Jans and I'm from the northern part of Germany, a city called Magdeburg, which you can find between Berlin and Hanover. And I have been working as job coach Germany for the past four years. And with that, I support international professionals finding a dream job here in Germany. So basically, I support all of my coaches throughout the entire application process. So starting from defining what an ideal career looks like to basically finding and searching for the job and then obviously preparing the documents to a point that you get invited to a job interview because here in Germany, the standards of application documents is different from the English version, for example. And then once you have... Um, yeah, convinced the recruiters with your application documents, the next step will always be the job interview. And that is something that I also support with. It's basically a mock job interview that I do with my coaches to prepare them for the actual interview. And then obviously with regards to finding a career and also, um, for example, when it comes to negotiating your salary, it has a lot of mindset work that is involved in this process. So this is what I support my coaches with as well. Wow. And how long is uh, this training process usually? Yeah. So it um, it depends. Normally, my ideal is always a 12-week process so that we have enough time to go through all of these different steps. However, I always offer a free consultation to find out what the situation of the individual is. Because sometimes especially for internationals who are coming from a different country and who are not in Germany yet, it's normally they already know what kind of job they want to do. So we don't have to dive too much into the detail of what is your ideal career. This happens at a later stage. Um, sometimes for internationals who are already in Germany, who have worked here for a couple of years and then realize, hmm, so I should be happy, but I'm not really happy. So maybe a career change is, is helpful. So in this discovery call, I basically find out in which step um, the coachee should start. And then I'm very flexible with that as well. So it's um, sometimes I only support them for, for four weeks, for example, because we are focusing on just the module of application documents, for example, or intensive training with regards to salary negotiation. These are 
basically modules that you can book individually as well, which is fine. But this is something that I find out in the discovery call, basically asking the client, what do you want to learn and how do you, what kind of support do you need? Are there any like specific skills that you look for that these people need or should develop in order to be more successful in the German market? Yeah, so um, basically everyone that is applying for a job obviously is unique and um, that's why the coaching is unique as well. So first of all, obviously I want to know in what industry do you work? What kind of expertise do you have? How many years of work experience do you already have? And then from there, I can find out what um, what the employers here in Germany obviously are looking for, because my background is HR. So I have worked for nearly 10 years in HR, recruiting people, screening people's documents, and then also doing interviews. And from there, I know the the process that the candidate is going through and what the HR side is looking for, but also then in the technical field, the, the potential line manager, what they are looking for. And that is also something that is very special when I'm talking about the mock job interview, for example, then I also prepare them for the specific field of expertise that they are in. It's not just any general interview that you can do and just the HR questions that are being asked, but it's also, for example, a technical task that they have to do. And for that, I'm preparing myself as well to find out, okay, what is it that the employer is searching? But in general, obviously, I'm always looking for people who are willing to learn German. <laughs> Because this is very helpful. And um, there are jobs here in Germany that you can find that are in English uh, when you want to start out. But throughout my entire career and also since starting the coaching business, it's um, very um, yeah, obvious that you have higher career chances here in Germany if you develop your German language skills. It's just simply like that. Sometimes employers say that you only get a salary increase if your German skills are better or you can only do a different position or have more responsibility because you will lead a German team, for example. And you obviously want to show the employer that you're willing to learn the language. Nobody is expecting you to know German at level C1 from the very start. And the companies can always support you with learning German. And um, so, if, for example, if somebody is, for example, working with you, George, then uh, and they already know you, then obviously the, the employee could tell the employer, okay, so I, I already have a, a Germ, um, an, or a, an English teacher, for example, if they need English in their, in their job, then obviously the company could arrange an agreement with you as well um, to to help them because this is just um, a company expense, right? And that's why I always try to um, tell my coaches that this is something that they can negotiate in their salary negotiation, for example, as some sort of personal development plan, if that's what is required for the job. And also for the interview, you always have a little um, 
yeah, just an introduction of yourself. And that's what I start um, my to encourage my clients that they try to do that in German. If it's a German company, obviously, if there are only English people, then this doesn't make sense. But knowing how to introduce yourself in German, at least, this would definitely give you a higher chance of being invited to the job interview and then obviously getting to the next stage. And yeah, and then we can also um, think about all of the, yeah, the, uh, the situation that we are in and then obviously what employers are looking for in general. And there are some some skills that that they are looking for. And here again, it depends really on the job that the person is interested in. Yeah. So, for example, um, just very just very general. If you're, for example, working in purchase and you are looking for a job in purchase, you need to know how to communicate properly because negotiation skills are in high demand in that field. However. If you're, for example, an IT specialist, communication isn't so much in the in the focus. However, programming and digital literacy and data analysis, this is something that they would look for. And um, here it's basically very, very important to find out, okay, what's the industry that I want to go for? Then you, from the work experience, normally they already know what they what they can do and what their skills are and then it um is very very important to be able to communicate that in the job interview what you're good at because so if we go back to the example of IT for example this is something that i have realized a lot that people mm, not just in IT fields but also sometimes engineering they are really really good in their field in with their technical knowledge and and all of these uh, all of the the studies that they have done and the the projects that they have they have worked with and they can talk about their projects for hours and hours but they don't know how to communicate that properly during a job interview because that is some sort of selling in the job interview as well. So you have to present yourself very well. So when you are a, a, re, a great expert in your field, it's very common that you get along with a line manager very well because this person is normally working in your field as well and knows exactly what you're talking about. But when it comes to the HR person who's asking you the questions, then obviously they are looking for other for other aspects, like how can you communicate are you honest are you authentic or are you just telling lies and this is something that is that um i'm pretty sure that every hr person that is working around the globe is trained for to find out the lies but i have the feelings of the feeling from my personal experience that german Germans are very, very precise when it comes to that. So it's very easy for us to find out whether somebody is telling us a lie when it comes to uh, talking about your curriculum vitae, for example, when and just talking about the different steps in your life. Just a very um, tiny example from my own experience with my very first job. I remember that I put my hobbies on the CV. And I was talking about the fact that I was playing the flute and they were asking me, where was my flute produced? It, 
And why would you ask something like that? And um, and then I said, well, I don't know. And I didn't know. So I was just simply honest. And I said, actually, I don't know. I'm sorry. And uh, this is something that they really wanted to see, whether I'm just making up that I'm I'm playing the flute. Um, and the, the recruiter was basically asking me because he knew how to play the flute as well. And he said, well, if you are a very passionate flute player, you should know that these special flutes are being produced in Hameln. And then I said, oh yeah, now that you say that, I realize I've heard the story, but it's just not (laughs) on my mind right now. And, And just for the recruiters to see that I said, no, I don't know, that was very authentic. And that was that was good. So if I had said, yes, of course, it was produced in Berlin, they, he would have known, no, that was a lie. And that was just about the hobbies. It was nothing about the job. Okay, so there's tricks that these <laughs> they, HR people have in yes. order to find out whether you're being honest yeah. in your CV. That's very, yes. very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. when we uh, recruiters are preparing for the job interview, we are, first of all, normally looking for gaps. This is something that we're very um, ready to ask about. So why was there a gap in your CV? What did you do during that time? Because gaps in general are not a problem, but we want to know what did you do? Were you a lazy couch potato during that time or did you do some German language course or something like that? And um yeah, so so this is something that uh, where you can definitely expect questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm. so we're looking for honesty. We're look paying attention to the gaps. Is there yeah. something else that, as an HR person, you're paying attention to when you see that CV when it comes in front of you? What are the things that you're looking for? Yeah, so when uh, we are looking at a CV, that uh, there is also obviously in Germany another document that is very very important. That's the cover letter. So in German, uh, in Germany in general, we it's always a great idea to send a cover letter as well. And um, whenever I'm working with my coaches. 80% of them have never prepared a cover letter because they just think, no, the CV should be enough. And yes, that might be right if you're, for example, going to a careers fair and just hand in your CV. But when you are applying from outside of Germany, then you only have this one chance of sending your application documents. And the CV is very um factual so you're talking about facts you're you don't write any sentences so the communication part is uh, very limited on the cv however the cover letter you can use that to bring more personal aspects across and then also the uh, recruiter can see how you what kind of words you're using and how you're phrasing specific aspects about your CV. So when we're looking at both of these, the recruiters are normally looking at, obviously, the keywords from the job ad, for example, because obviously I'm just talking about if you have found a job ad that you're interested in. There are keywords and you can find the keywords in the requirements and the tasks. So the future tasks that you are supposed to be doing, you can use these in your CV and in the cover letter. And the requirements with regards to the skills, for example, those are the ones that you want to include in your CV. And 
And I'm saying that because some companies are using software that is screening your documents. And this software is screening for those keywords. So if, for example, you are sending your application documents and um, only 10% of the, uh, of the requirements are being addressed in the CV, it's very likely that nobody is going to look at that. So that your uh, the application and you've spent a lot of time on preparing that, no person will ever take a look at that because the software already excludes you. However, so keywords if you are, are important. That is very important, yeah. And then if you, so... And if they don't have a software, they have a person that looks for the for the keywords as well. And then obviously, um, you want to make sure that you are meeting, um, uh, yeah, as many requirements as possible. But just a, a side note: if you're meeting the requirements from the job ad 100%, it means that you're overqualified for that position. So you should think about applying for jobs where you meet 60% at least. Oh yeah, so roughly about 60% of the requirements, and then you should go for it. It's very difficult. Whenever I'm I'm working with my clients, they always feel it's not good enough. I don't have enough work experience for that. I don't have um, enough experience with regards to leading people or staff, for example. But this is just the candidate's side. So the 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 side of the company, they are just looking for a ba a, a basic match, and then obviously the the role that you go for can be constructed around that person as well. And this is, sometimes you don't even know what the company has in mind, or maybe there is another job that has popped up and then the company just thinks, oh, this person is just perfect for this for this um, uh, opening, this job opening. So now we can maybe, um, yeah, offer this this to the to the candidate. Um, and this happens as well. So <laughs> um, this is something that you need to keep in mind. So 60% of the requirements, this is what you want to include in this CV. Have you seen differences in how men and women approach the interview or the application process? And I'll give you an example. Um, so I've worked with men and women who are in that process of looking for a new job. Yeah. The men, they see a job ad and they're like, I think I feel like half of it, ah, whatever, I'll apply. Yeah. Whereas the women, a lot of the time, they're like, ah, I only have three out of the five requirements. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot apply. Have you yeah. had a similar experience? Yes, totally. I can uh, yeah, support that. It's uh, really, um, I, I guess it it depends on the personality, of course, because I've also worked with um, really high paid managers who get afraid of the job interview. But, um, but in general, I can say that men are definitely more confident when it comes to looking at a job and say, yeah okay, I'll just go for it. And uh, women always want to meet the requirements 100%. And they don't believe me when I tell them, you're overqualified for this position. You should go for something else. And then, no, but I need to meet all of the requirements. And then if there are one or two aspects of the skills that they that are asked for, and they don't meet that, 
They are also thinking about, okay, maybe I can do a course before the job interview to learn that. And then I can say during the job interview that I'm working on it. And then it's just like, no, you don't have to do that. If the company really needs that, they can still support you with learning that on the job. And um, yeah, but... Uh, I can, I have the same experience that men are definitely more confident when it comes to that compared right, to women. Because um, I've looked at the, the gender wage gap. Oh, right? yeah. There's, of course, there are differences yeah. between what men and women earn. And one of the reasons that I found is because right out of university, a man and a woman who have the same qualification, same education, same experience, they go into the job interview and the man asks for more money. Yeah. Right from the start. Yes. So right from the start, he had more confidence to ask yeah. for a higher wage and the yeah. company gave it to him. And <laughs> the woman went into it with, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't have any experience. And yeah. they ask for a lower wage. What yeah. do you tell your coaches about the wage negotiation? Yeah. So this is very interesting uh, because here I can see that um, preparation is key simply for men and women the same. And um, I participated in a coaching a very long time ago, even before I started working. And there they said that you should actually ask at least once a year for a pay raise. And um, because then at the end of, so when you go into retirement, for example, the, the gaps are massive for between the people who are constantly asking for a pay raise compared to the people who just go with the flow or never ask or just very rarely ask for um, an, a salary increase. And um, here, this is what we normally do. So we take a look at different websites where you can compare your position so you're you're using the term so the the technical term of your role you can use for example the the websites kununu and glassdoor to find out how much you can earn there's also a stepstone salary report that i always recommend it's coming out every year in germany where you can see the different industries and how the wages are um, in those industries and also in which area, because obviously you are uh, earning less money if you are working and living in Berlin compared to Munich, for example, just because of the, um, yeah, the cost of living are higher in Munich compared to Berlin as well. And um, that's what you need to keep in mind. So we go through different websites to find out how much money can be expected. Then, of, because this is very, very difficult as well, because Depending on what country you come from, it's completely different. So when I'm working with people from Vietnam or from Malaysia, they um, have high wages in their countries, but they think when they're coming to Germany, they probably earn a lot less because it's just um, this, um, this, yeah, this idea of having uh, people come from outside of Europe and we are granting them a job here in Germany. But this has nothing to do with their expertise. And when we are preparing together in the coaching, okay, what can you actually earn here? What is um, What can you expect in that particular area, in that city, in your industry? And then you want to come up with three different numbers. 
So you want to prepare in your mind what kind of minimum you need to earn, then obviously an optimum that you would be satisfied with, and then the maximum amount that you can think of that where you think, wow, I would have never expected to get that, but this is something that is possible. So that you have three numbers in your mind, and um, then you obviously want to um, prepare an overview of Uh, your expertise, the tasks that you're doing or that you will be doing in the future. And here you can use the job ad again. And um, and then you can talk to the person wh who you are negotiating with what the projects in the future are and how you can uh, support the company. And just, for example, with um, cost decrease or with value adding and all of these things. So it depends, obviously, in HR, it's normally never about cost uh, reduction. It's more about how much value can I add. And here it depends on what department you're working in. But then also keep in mind that you that there are also different aspects that you can negotiate. So it's not just about the money, but you can also negotiate different things like a German course on top or other development courses that you want to get. And then also there's something that we, so like benefits that you can get or additional insurances that are very typical here in Germany, like for your glasses or for your teeth or anything like that. This is something that you can negotiate as well. And you need to think about what the other side can offer you and whether you are willing to say, yes, I, I would love to have a German course, but then uh, get 300 euros less or something like that. If that's fine with you, then that's okay. But this is something that you need to um, keep in mind beforehand. And obviously, we have these three numbers of your minimum, your optimum, and the maximum. And if you If you really want to get to that maximum, you can also negotiate in the core, in this um, meeting, when can I get there? So I have experience when I was still working in, in the corporate world that there were people who said, okay, so I'm starting here um, now, but I want to see that in six months, I want to have uh, the next step. And then in one year, the next step. So you can already from the very beginning negotiate several steps that are coming up so that you don't have to go in and negotiate from the start, from the very beginning again. That is a really great piece of advice. Wow. Wow. So right from the start, you already say, okay, that's the maximum number I want. How can I get there? What exactly. are the skills that I need to develop? Yeah. What do I need to do so that I deserve that yes. salary in yes. six months, one year, whatever yeah. the time frame. That's really, really great. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we, we live in a changing world right now. Yes. The exactly. pandemic has changed many things. What do you think Germans in particular, because mm. this is where we live, need to do to adapt to this new digital world? Yeah. <laughs> And you, you say the the most important words and the digital word. Um, so basically, um, the I can see that the job market is changing and it's changing a lot due to the pandemic. I have the feeling that we have a total chaos going on uh, where people are leaving their jobs because they are not satisfied, maybe because of 
the values that they don't comply with of the company or maybe of the fact how the company handles the pandemic and the situation of working from home, for example. So people are leaving and searching for new jobs. And then obviously companies are searching for new talents. So last year, uh, 1st of March 2020, the uh, Germany um, passed a new law, the Skilled Immigration Act, to attract more skilled personnel from outside of the EU. And we are, and back then, so last year, beginning of the year, we were looking at 156,000 people from outside of the EU yearly that we wanted to attract. And this number has just tripled. It's just, it's like we are looking for even more highly qualified staff from outside because we don't have enough qualified staff inside of Germany. And now here we need to be more flexible. So in Germany, it's very, I have the feeling it's very, very stiff with regards to our education system. So we are going to school and then from there we are going in a very specialized direction with our study program. So you are, for example, if you are interested in IT, then you're studying a, a bachelor's degree in IT, maybe a master's degree in IT. And it, it doesn't really matter whether that is now um, some sort of programming in, in that sense and then data analysis in a different sense, but it's very specialized to a specific department where you will later work in Uh, with a company. And here we definitely need to adapt and we need to be more flexible because nowadays employers are looking for flexibility and they are looking for staff who can be placed not just in one department, but in several departments. So it's not about um, changing your jobs from be like climbing the corporate ladder and just going up, up, up and more responsibility, more tasks, and then um, responsibility for staff as well, for example, but that you can move horizontally to a different department, for example, so that you can support that department. And um, that is, for example, you can see that with companies where that are very small. So startups, for example, they have that where each employee needs to do all of the tasks and we're, they are splitting everything up. Um, so this is a very great environment for people who are just starting out and want to learn a lot. But then obviously also very conservative companies who have always been looking for just specialists in their field. They are looking for people who are more flexible as well. So that for, and here, skills like teamwork and um, project management, for example, are also very, very important. And then uh, also aspects like being able to organize yourself and um, time management, for example, and knowing how to handle new tasks, all of these things, so that you are willing to learn on the job and that you're willing to put effort into developing your skills on that particular job as well. So this is something that people are looking for and that we need in the German market. So this is something that I've realized in different parts of the world. When I was, for example, working in England, there I saw that there were people who had completely different degrees from the department where we worked in. So I was a That was very special for me because I was working in the purchasing department and I was the HR specialist in that 
in that department. So I was the HR lady in that department and I was the go-to point if they had any HR questions, which was wonderful for me because obviously I was not only involved in HR-related topics, but also I learned more about negotiation because this is something that is very important in purchasing, for example. And I had colleagues who had a degree in chemistry or a degree in history. And then I thought, Oh, in Germany, that would never be possible because you need to have a business degree if you want to work in purchasing. This is really, it doesn't make sense. How can you do that? And um, here, so in, in England, I had the feeling that it was just, you wanted to have the degree because the degree shows that you have some sort of sense for data analysis and how to um, like learning methods and and how to approach new tasks, for example. So that was in the focus. That was in important, but not so much the, the expertise. This is something that you learned on the job. And then obviously you would get training on the job as well. And this concept I liked very much because this is where flexibility is supported. Whereas when we look at the German market where we are, we have these specialists and they get uh, development courses, but in their expert field of expertise again. So you get another IT course, or uh, um, um, but not so much uh, another, if you wanted, for example, to move uh, horizontally. So for example, you wanted to be um, a, a cost engineer. So you are, you are more, you are in finance, but also have engineering skills. Then obviously you would have to think about an additional development of three years, probably where you are going through a course and also have more, um, have like, um, yeah, tests and exams that you need to undertake. So this is very, very stiff. And this is something that we need to get rid of in my eyes. So expertise is great, but what we need more urgently is flexibility and yeah, it also helps with the mental state and the work-life balance when we look at that, because it's uh, we every employee is going through a job cycle, and at some point you are not satisfied with a job that you want to be doing anymore. And a lot of people then say, "Okay, I'm not satisfied anymore, so I leave the company." But this is not what the employer wants. They want you to stay there. And here it would be a great way of saying, "Okay, you're not satisfied, so maybe you just change internally into a different department. You get new tasks, a new team. So this might motivate you." And yes, it does. And um I can see that uh, younger companies are doing that, but the very big ones that are also pushing our economy forward uh, are, have a, lo a long way to go. Mm -hmm. I read something interesting about innovation. There are two groups of people who innovate. One, young people who haven't become just dog dogmatic about one way of doing things, so they're able to think more creatively. And number two, are people who move from one industry or one field to a different field. Yeah. Because now they're forced to think in a new way, but they have this old expertise that can help them think about new problems. Yes. But people who are specialists never innovate. Yeah. Because they're stuck in one way of doing things. This is yes. the only way. So they don't create new products. So yes. I think as we move into the future and we mm -hmm. see the pace of change is really, really fast. Yeah. We need to be able to remain flexible. Yes, yes. Are there 
where can we find you? Where can we find you on social media? Um, If we want to learn more about how we can get a good job here in Germany, our dream job. Yes. So um, a perfect way would be to contact me through any of my social media channels. So on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, you can find me with Lisa Jens, Job Coach Germany. If you type that in, then you should find me. And also a very great idea. I have my own YouTube channel as well, where I have lots of videos that can already help you with preparing your documents, for example, and thinking about the job interview. And if you then wanted to dive more deeper into the topic and work with me directly, then I highly recommend for you to book a discovery call with me, which you can do through my website. So it's just lisagents.com. Perfect. So I will leave all of that information in the show notes. And I wish you continued success with your business, with your clients. It must be a beautiful thing to take your clients from the start to the moment they get the job. Lisa, I did it. That must be incredible. That must be an incredible feeling, right? So I think really, really beautiful what you're doing, how you're helping people change their lives and all the best to you moving forward. Thank you very much. And I greatly appreciate that I was able to come onto your podcast and yeah, good luck with your business as well. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. That was my interview with Lisa. I really enjoyed talking to her and I hope that you guys got value from it and that you can take her tips and apply it in your professional life. I'm interested to get your answers to the following question. What skills have you developed to help you be successful in a digital workplace? If you enjoyed this episode, send the link to one of your friends on WhatsApp today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. If you're looking to improve your business English, check out my website for one-on-one lessons. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also. Bis nächstes Mal.